entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. The show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Let me tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders so they can inspire others. I'm proud to let you know we record the Business Builder Show in the studios of 94.3 FM The Talker, which is part of Bold Gold Media, and we are in Scranton, Pennsylvania. The Business Builder Show is distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find our show and many other fine shows at csuiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Ben Fetter is my guest today. Ben wrote a great book that we're going to talk about. It is called Take Off Your Shoes, One Man's Journey from the Boardroom to Bali and Back. Well, that should get everybody's attention. Um, so let's give a brief intro. Uh, you currently are the president uh, international for International Partnerships, which is North America, for Tencent. The Chinese technology giant. We can talk more about that maybe as we go on. I mean, you're talking about big, 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 big company, right, Ben? And uh, one, of, one of the biggest. <laughs> one of the biggest. Formerly, Ben was the CEO of Take Two Interactive, the publisher of the Smash video game hit Grand Theft Auto. And I have a couple of people with me in the studio, Ben, and I asked them if they uh, knew about Grand Theft Auto, and their eyes lit up. So. Uh, Ben's elite Ivy League education prepared him for the rarefied era of corporate finance and management, but his success in business came at the cost of his personal and family life, and this led to a reassessment of priorities, and I guess that's what we're going to talk about again. Ben Fetter, F-E-D-E-R, is my guest. His book is Take Off Your Shoes. The first thing in the book, I think it's in the introductions uh, section, Ben, you say... I wrote this book for my children. Explain. Um, You know, mostly (laughs) the explanation really is why even write why I wrote the book. Um, And mostly it's because while I was writing the book, I kept saying to myself, what is the point of this? Why am I doing this? (laughs) You know, I'm not an author. I'm not a writer. I don't have have ambitions to be an author. Um, And it's not it's not a book that in any way advances you know, my primary career, if anything, you know, some would say it could detract from it. I don't think so. But um, uh, and I sort of asked myself the question all the time, why did you write this book? And there were a number of reasons I wrote them. But, you know, for my children was um, not only the primary reason I wrote the book, but it's also reflects kind of why I went on a sabbatical, an eight month sabbatical to Bali. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did it, you know, yes, for myself and also for my children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, every, I think every father has a, uh, fantasy of the legacy they leave for their children. And, 
you know, it's easy to get caught up in New York where that kind of that legacy often just has a dollar sign in front of it. And it's not at all what uh, I'm about or what the values that I wanted to impart up to my children. Yeah. And in many ways, the book is a book about values and priorities and choices and uh, that we all make in our lives um, and not our, just our work lives, but our total lives. Yeah. And so there are a lot of lessons for my children in that book. I think there are a lot of lessons for other executives, too, and entrepreneurs. Um, but I think when kids are in their grow up and they become young men and women in their 20s and 30s, they ask questions about their parents. And um, I wanted them to understand a little bit more of who I was and what was going through my head and yeah. um, putting it down in story form and on paper in a way that I think is highly readable as opposed to, you know, some snippet they might remember that their father once told them, I thought would be a much better way of doing it. Yeah, so you are a aggressive <laughs> type A finance slash management guy. Thank you, guy. thank you. <laughs> I don't know if you find that offensive at this point in time. I'm not no, sure. Compliment. <laughs> and, uh, and you were in New York City. Uh, you don't get much bigger than New York City in the role of finance and and, and and management and and takeovers and running big companies it doesn't get much let's say intense than that so here you are you were probably home a late a lot late for dinners uh, but was there a particular aha moment that you said hmm I got to change something uh, there was and I describe it in the book but I, I arrived home um one night actually before dinner um shockingly <laughs> and i yeah. uh i come home and i kind of knock on my uh, elder son's door who's who had kind of barricaded himself inside his room doing his homework he was a serious student he was in eighth grade at the time and um i just knocked on his door and i sort of like hey sam and he just kind of grunted something. He wasn't really paying. He wasn't interested in saying hello to me. And then at dinner, he kind of, you know, grumbled a little bit more. And I just had this moment because I knew he'd be going into a competitive high school. And I had this moment of, you know, I'm circling the globe on the plane. I'm hardly ever home. He's going to be focused on his school. He's, he's going to get, you know, deeper and deeper into his room and into his into his work. And so I'm not going to know him then. And then he's going to go to college and then he's going to be gone and it'll all be over. Yeah. And I had this moment, this now or never moment. It's like if we ever wanted to do something like this, it's now or never, right? Because even next year or two years from now, he's in the middle of high school. It'll, yeah. be, it'll be too late. Could be too late. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if I wanted to be with my family for an extended period of time, um, I have to do it now. That's the good news. The bad news is kind of when you get there and you kind of realize, oh, my God, I'm with my family all day long. And I don't have work to hide behind anymore. <laughs> and, you know, the kind of the shocking, the kind of in a good way, right? I mean, kind of like I didn't, I don't blinding flash of the obvious. It's like, wait, that means I'm going to do something that I actually never done, which is spend every day, all day with uh, with my wife. God, and, I'm getting um, the shakes just listening to that. Like, what the right? heck do I do all day? <laughs> but you know what? It was fantastic. Yeah, it was really, fan yeah, it was book. really fantastic. But yeah. I, but I didn't anticipate it going in. It's like, I guess that means that, you know, every male together all day long together and it was kind of like a you know borrowing a year of retirement and kind of yeah. pulling it forward into your 40s yeah, yeah. and um it's, it's, uh it was it actually worked out you know i guess it's not for every couple but for us it was fantastic so you had uh again your your wife was obviously involved in this decision making process and obviously you left 
a company that was thriving, and you talked about you loved what you were doing. You loved being uh, with your partners. So, okay, tell me the truth now. How hard was that <laughs> to, to walk away from that company at that point in time, not knowing if you're going to come back? Am I right? Um, you know, I did. I, I was pretty sure I was. I was not. I'm not. I was not going back to take two. But I was in there with a few business partners, and I did think I was going back to my business partnership, um, uh, yeah. but not necessarily to take two. Yeah. And um, it was hard. Mostly, you know, business for me, and I think for most people, at the end of the day, is actually it's a, it's an economic activity, but it's also a very human. Affair. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And um, uh, for me, the hardest part was having, you know. Uh, led a turnaround of a troubled company into something that's become very successful. Yeah. Um, Exhilarating. You know, nobody, nobody, no, you know, the, people have kind of this image of the CEO of a public company and all that, you know, it's kind of this, you know, the Steve Jobs version of the world. But most CEOs don't, almost all of them don't do it alone. They all have teams around them. Yep. Um, and, you know, while, you, you know, there's one person that's kind of leading the band, there's a band behind them, there's an orchestra behind them. Sure. And so for me, the hardest part was having built a team and work to kind of really make the company into something, um, you know, stepping away from all of that. And cause you, you develop a camaraderie, you develop a relationship and work a way of working together. Um, and you're all working towards a common goal, hopefully most of the time. Um, yeah, ideally, and, yes. uh, you know, so to me, that was the hardest part kind of having, um, you know, been a leader of that and walking away from it. I kind of, part of me felt like, well, am I walking away from a responsibility yeah. um, that I have to other people? Yeah. And um, that was the hardest part. So you did it. <laughs> you you said, well, okay. I, made, I made a choice for I had a responsibility to other people, too. Yeah. Uh, and, to my, and, to my, and to myself. And that's where that's where you, you you fell on that side of the equation, if you will, on that that part of the ledger. Uh, on my family's first. That's what you're about. You talk about it in the book. Um you know, by the way, I was a little concerned with Rita. I'm glad that turned out well. You know, I was, I, I, I was a little concerned. <laughs> Thank well, goodness she, at the end. It's, it's okay. I'll tell you, she was in the book. She's, she was, uh, she was bullied in school. And one of the reasons yeah. I, kind of, I felt like I needed to take her out of there. And, um, and we tell her story in the, I tell her story in the book. Um, but I'll tell you because you're worried about Rita that, um, that I was on the phone with somebody in China the other day at work and he said, where are you? I said, well, I'm in the back of a car. I'm in an Uber kind of with my daughter. And he said, oh, how is she? And I kind of, I, I bump into this all the time. Like, everybody knows my kids now because yeah. of this book. <laughs> right. And she kind of yells out in the back. She goes, I'm not depressed anymore. <laughs> so, That's great. That's she's great. Going, she, is, she is beyond thriving. She's and, thriving. And Some... by the way, I, I credit the uh, taking time off yeah. and spending time with them and focusing on family for a little while. Well, not entirely as part of it, not the entire story, yeah. but as part of it. Well, kind of give me the overview of the trip. You're in, I believe, Africa, and give me, uh, give me the overview of the trip. And 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 I have specific questions I want to ask about, you know, uh, kind of what you uh, you talked about in the book. But give me the overview. Um, the overview is that um, you know we couldn't. We decided, this is kind of this interesting moment where you kind of decide to do this, and you kind of you know I sat in front of a computer with my wife. Like we pulled up Google Earth and sort of said, okay, where do you want to go? And like the whole world's available to you. Um, anyway, you know, after kind of a bunch of tri trial and errors, we ended up in going to Bali, Indonesia. And since we were, had a lot of time on our hands 
and we're sort of on the way anyway, we decided to stop in Africa because I have a daughter who loved animals. And when sure. am I going to get a chance to do this again? Sure. Um, yeah. And so we stopped in Africa and, and spent some time um, in the Serengeti, um, which is fabulous in its own right. But the and, and it was kind of for me kind of an opening of uh, of my mind of a uh, new way of looking at things. Yeah. When my wife sort of said, hey, let's go to Africa, I just like, you know, oh, my God, like sit, you know, like two weeks in the like looking at animals. Are you out of your mind? I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that's kind of just to give you an indication of kind of, you know, my mindset at the time of, yeah. you know, I, I just need stimulation. I need things yeah. to do. I need, you know, right. I'm fidgety. I'm restless. Well, that's a and that's a big part of your story is the whole idea of changing your brain um changing the way you look at things that's a big part of the story correct uh you know the 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 aphorism i like to use is uh, how we change our lives by changing our minds hmm. and um, a lot of what i discovered while on sabbatical both in terms of the research that i did while i was there as well as through actual experience is a bit of an experiment in what's known as brain plasticity, which yeah. is, or neuroplasticity, which is literally the ability to change not only our thought patterns, but literally the anatomy of our brains yeah. by deliberately choosing how we act and deliberately choosing the thoughts that we have, yeah. which requires discipline and exercise. Yeah, and I want to talk um, about that. I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, I am speaking with sure. Ben Fetter, F-E-D-E-R. His book is Take Off Your Shoes, One Man's Journey from the Boardroom to Bali and Back. Um Part of that changing your thoughts, you um, started yoga, you did start to do some meditation, you started to to paint or draw. Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, they were all part of um, what I was interested in doing, which was, you know, finding a little peace and quiet in my own head. Yeah. Um, and, um, and they all have different aspects to them. Meditation, you know, I kind of, I do think that what scientists have found is that the way our brains work is we're all kind of biased towards a certain amount of anxiety and a certain amount of negativity mm. that comes from, um, you know, ancestry and how the brain developed and really that what they call lizard brain kind of always on the lookout for danger just yeah. because, you know, right. what, what we needed to do thousands of years ago. And that kind of remains, and it doesn't really serve us in today's day and age to kind of feel like, you know, there's, you're, we're always in a little bit of danger. And so part of meditation is really, um, you know, uh, an exercise in calming the mind mm-hmm. and uh, rewiring it so that you're not pre- as predisposed as others right. to that way of thinking. So that's meditation. Right. Um, and brain plasticity also is about acquiring new skills. And there's this notion that, you know, who we are, who we are, we're never going to change. And it's patently incorrect. Mm-hmm. And so... When I was reading about this, I happened to just pick up a book by somebody, by, um, it's 30 years old. So it's like this woman sort of says, I, you know, anybody can be an artist. Anybody right. can draw. The trick is to learn how to see. Right. And it's, and, um, and it was really an exercise in, you know, how do you train um, the right side of the brain to be as active as your left side of your brain? And she has ways of doing it. And for me, it's like, okay, let me see if I, what, I, you know, I have zero skill whatsoever, right? I could draw a stick figure. That's about it. And I go through these exercises, and I was kind of blown away by what I could do by kind of do, by learning how to see. Yeah. And by learning how to see and learning how to perceive and, and seeing things almost for the first time in my life that have always been in front of you, right? You, you know, yeah. this, 
the way you can sort of see it in it from a different perspective was a kind of metaphorical for a lot of went on what went on at sabbatical, but b kind of you know literally opening up a world to you that I never thought was possible. And so it started off as an exercise of like, oh sure, can I teach myself to be an artist? Not really believing that I could. Yeah. And then discovering that I could, and that I actually could learn to draw and to paint with with you know a fair degree of skill mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm was extraordinary to me that you can learn a new skill in yeah. middle age and old age. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to me, and, and since then it's just opened my, opened my life to yeah. um, beauty and art. And it's just been an amazing thing. And, and I continue to do it to this day. So a lot of folks are uh, thinking of themselves right now, like, well, that was, you're like Steve Martin would say, you're kind of like a wild and crazy guy uh, doing this, right? Uh, and I admire that's, that's you. The old, that's the old Steve Martin, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the old Steve Martin, yeah. In the book, uh, you are now an author, and you are a great author. Uh, it was uh, – what I liked is that you weren't trying to necessarily teach me anything. You were sharing your journey, and I love that. Uh, and it was fascinating, uh, the places you went, your children's interactions, your your interactions with your wife. I found it fascinating how you were changing. I want to ask you this question because through all of that, you kept coming back to your tradition, uh, your Jewish traditions, and how you upheld that through the entire journey. Are you okay talking about that? Because I found that an important sure. part of your story, Ben. Talk to okay. me about that. Uh, well, you know, to me, I, I don't think I'm different. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of experience within Jewish. Um, and there's a lot of experience within religion. I'm not a terribly religious person, but I'm a traditional person. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, my, I brought up my kids in a certain way with a certain amount of values and tradition. And throughout, even though, let me put it this way. You know, one of my goals for them in our sabbatical was take them out of their little bubble in New York where, yeah. kind of, you know, the world ends at either the East River or the Hudson River. Right. And um, and open their eyes to the way 90% of the world actually lives. Um, and uh, part of what we hope to accomplish by sending them, not only taking them out of New York, but sending to a school in Bali called the Green School, which is an extraordinary place. Yeah. That is one of its goals is teach kids to be global citizens. And so we struggle, which I don't imagine is different than a lot of parents, which is how do you teach your kids the values of being global citizens and the value of being environmentally conscious and the values of being compassionate towards other people on the planet on the one hand. And on the other hand, maintain your sense of self and where you come from and your own identity. Yeah. And that uh, synthesis is an ongoing struggle that um, yeah. that I struggle with and my kids I just imagine will struggle with. Yeah. Um, but having one or the other was not sufficient for me or it's not what I want to teach my children. It's not sufficient for my wife. And so we felt we needed to figure out a way to do both, right? Kind of have, have the tradition as well as um, educate I, them about sort of global citizenship. And so we find ourselves in kind of the largest Muslim country in the world. Yes. <laughs> Bali is Bali is actually Hindu. It's a small island. But Indonesia's got 250 million people. Um, it's, you know, from end to end, it's about 16,000 islands. But from end to end, it's the size of the Atlantic Ocean. And um, 
so it's this massive Muslim place, and here we are, kind of these Jewish kids spending a year there. And I have to say, when we came back, my oldest son, Sam, wanted to keep up with his language skills. And um, we found a tutor in New York, an Indonesian woman. And, you know, through high school, he's having, he's learning Indonesian back in New York yeah. with this woman. And it ends up just being kind of a Jewish Muslim dialogue. Interesting. Which is, which is wonderful for him, wonderful yeah, for her. Yeah, very interesting. And it really kind of felt like, you yeah. know, what we tried to accomplish in terms of value setting on the sabbatical really um, followed yeah. through when we got back to New York. Ben, believe it or not, we have to wrap up. <laughs> well, it goes by fast, doesn't it? Uh, it does. It does. Fascinating it. story. Extraordinarily well-written book. Ben Feder. His name is F E D E R. You can find him in LinkedIn. Uh, it's okay to say that, right, Ben? And sure, uh, sure. is there a website or anything else? Uh, any other way you want people to connect with you? Uh, BenFederAuthor.com. Yeah. Um, one word. Yeah. And the word author at the end of it. That's my website. Yep. Um, and then there's, of course, information on the Amazon page where you can buy the book. Yeah, you can't possibly uh, do justice to the book. I loved it. I read every second of it. Tell Reed I said hello. And, I will. Uh, and that, I'm glad she's not depressed anymore. So thanks for being part of the show, Ben. I appreciate Great. it. Thank you for having me. You bet. Thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Reminding you to find all our shows and many other great shows on C-Suite Radio. That's c-suiteradio.com. On behalf of myself, Marty Wolf, your host, and D.C. Taylor, my executive producer, thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show, but stay tuned for information on how you can become part of the C-Suite Network. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. As a loyal fan of this C-Suite radio show, we've got an unbelievable offer for you. Listeners to the Business Builder Show get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You'll have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited-time offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR.